so hello and welcome micro hunter here again and today in this episode i wanted to explore how many bacterial species there are in this world well actually not only bacterial species but generally how many microorganisms there are in this world so this of course also includes protozoa maybe also fungi it depends a little bit also on what your definition of a microorganism is so of course nobody knows the real number the real answer here and this has to do also with a couple of uncertainties that i would like to talk about in, in this episode well i'd like to give you a short uh, yeah a couple of facts a short overview of some of the facts of the things that are already known um Maybe not entirely satisfactory, uh, but I'm just going to share them with you anyway. The easy answer is, well, there are currently approximately 1,400 known human pathogens. These are disease-causing microorganisms. Also, parasites are included. Uh, parasites, per definition, are not microorganisms. At least the larger ones aren't because they're multicellular. So, and for this uh, reason, um, yeah, this is uh, still a quite a large number. But uh, for this reason, because of the parasites, should they count as microorganisms or not? They are multicellular. I'll talk a little bit later on um, as well. And concerning bacteria, the situation is like this, that currently there are officially 30,000 described bacterial species. And they're not only described, uh, but they are actually also uh, in a culture collection. So this means when you make a discovery um, or when you discover a new bacterial species... It's not so difficult, really, because there's so many around. Uh, but if you describe it properly, then you're going to send a sample of it um, in a freeze-dried way. You're going to send it to a culture collection. And what they're going to do is, is they're going to store it there. And if researchers want to study it, then you can order it from them. And yeah, there are 30,000 of them. And I remember when I still went to university around, what, 20, 25 years ago, um, the number of uh, officially described bacteria was around 6,500 to 7,000 around. So you see that over those two decades, uh, quite a lot has happened. And in the meantime, we're over 30,000, uh, with over 30,000 officially described species um, of, of bacteria here. Now, um, 30,000 is not a large number, <laughs> okay? Because there are estimates uh, that uh, range uh, of microorganisms, microbial species from 120,000, it's also not very large, all the way to tens of millions of species of microorganisms. So you see that the range here, the uncertainty here is is quite uh, quite large. I personally think it's probably more in the millions and I will tell you later on why I think so. However, there are a couple of uh, difficulties that I would like uh, to talk about uh, right now. And uh, one of the difficulties I already briefly mentioned a few minutes ago at the beginning is what, is what even is a microorganism or a microbe? Well, it's clear bacteria, we count them to the microorganisms. Um, also protozoans, there's a single-celled eukaryote, so we also count them uh, to the microorganisms. But what about viruses well strictly speaking viruses are not organisms because they're not alive so we have to exclude them here and what about micro animals so there are certain microscopic multicellular animals microscopic mites for example um, or the rotifers uh, which are quite commonly found in water samples they're multicellular they are made of about approximately 1000 cells they're too small to be seen uh, with the unaided eye but strictly speaking they are not microorganisms uh, because they are not single-celled. And uh, traditionally, from the word usage, um, a microorganism should be a single-celled organism here. 
But this again brings us some problems because there are some single-celled organisms that when they reproduce, then they form aggregates and they these aggregates can behave like a multicellular organism. I want to give you an example, slime molds, for example. Those slime molds are made of, uh, they're not really, it's not a fungus really, these are amoeba-like uh, protozoans. And uh, when there are many of them, then they will aggregate and they will form yeah, a, a, a complex and a mass of, of cells that almost behaves like a multicellular yeah, organism. So you know, that's a little bit difficult now. What Where do we draw the line between a microorganism and not a microorganism? But uh, for the sake of simplicity, let's include the bacteria and the protozoans here um, and not uh, the multicellular organisms here. So that is um, this was still the easy answer. Okay, um, and it's getting more interesting here when we were looking at the question of what is even a species. And here we have the problem that uh, the definition of a species as we use them for plants and animals, really, this definition does not really make sense in the microscopic microbial world. Because, um, yeah, I know, how do we def even define a species between pla in plants and animals? Well, a species, an animal species, um, is defined in such a way that it is able to self-maintain itself into the future. Now, what does this mean? Two members of uh, a species, you know that they belong to the same species because they're able to reproduce with each other and the offspring is fertile. I need to give you an example here. Um, for example, um, horses and donkeys, um, they are different species. They are able to reproduce with each other. If you cross a horse and a donkey, you get a mule. But this is where it stops. You cannot cross two mules uh, because mules are sterile. And uh, for this reason, horses and donkeys are a separate species uh, because um, as collectively, they're not able to yeah, reproduce and create offsprings into the future, which self-maintains. So because with the mule, it stops, right? And for this, per definition, horses and donkeys are not a part of the same species. And cats and dogs, of course not, because they don't even reproduce with each other, okay? Now, this is the definition of a, of a species for, uh, for, for animals. But the problem is, is now that microorganisms, many microorganisms reproduce entirely different. They don't have this form of sexual reproduction as the higher plants and animals have, but they primarily reproduce asexually by cell division. Um, now, this is a problem, uh, because now the species definition does not really apply. Now, it is possible, not only possible, but we know that this exists, uh, that uh, it is possible for, for example, for ciliates, the protozoans, um, to f do show some kind of a sexuality. But what they do is, is they directly exchange DNA with each other in a process called conjugation. Um, so, but this is again not really, cannot be really compared. So what they do is, is they kind of fuse together, they exchange their DNA, um, and then they separate again, and then they start cell division. <laughs> Okay, so they still multiply by cell division. I mean, they do exchange DNA, but this DNA exchange does not automatically now lead to more offspring, right? Um, I mean, and this is a little bit the problem that it still does not apply. And uh, with bacteria, we also have uh, the possibility to exchange large amounts of the DNA. It's called horizontal gene transfer, where two bacteria will join together and they will exchange their DNA. And uh, up to 30% of the whole genome of the whole DNA can be exchanged this way. So there is a huge uh, you know, openness concerning DNA. 
And uh, again, uh, the definition of the higher anim animals and plants uh, really does not apply, especially because this horizontal gene transfer sometimes can occur also yeah, among bacterial species that are quite unrelated. Yeah, so this is uh, also an issue here, um, that uh, just because they're able to exchange DNA does not mean that they're quite related. And normally when we say species, we want them to be, or we think that they should be actually uh, quite related. Right? So you see, we have a problem already here. And so what scientists uh, do in order to determine whether two members of, of uh, microorganisms of bacteria belong to the same species to simply look at the overall DNA similarity. There has to be around 70% of the DNA has to be similar um, then in order for it to, to, per definition, to count as the same species. In protozoans, uh, they do exchange uh, DNA. Some um, paramecia, for example, do that in a process called conjugation. And here you again have the issue that there's so-called mating factors involved, um, which uh, prevent uh, two uh, protozoans, two paramecia of the same mating factor to cross with each other because you want to make sure that there is genetic diversity here. Uh, it's all very complicated. And uh, again, the species definition that we have uh, the, for higher animals does not hold here as well. It's even worse because, for example, under the microscope, what uh, we sometimes see is, is we see that um, certain microorganisms might look very similar under the microscope, but actually they're not related at all. They're quite different, and therefore they do not belong or should not belong to the same species, but traditionally they have been dumped together into the same species or at least the same genus because they just look similar. But maybe they are actually not similar at all. Uh, genetically uh, um, so it's uh, here a difficulty and then we have the other issue that sometimes uh, microorganisms that look different or might look different uh, because they adapt their appearance based on the environmental situation and even though um, they are actually the same Right, and so they they changed their appearance and also even chemical composition. So, for example, when I was at university, I did a, the chemical analysis of the bacteria, and this chemical composition of certain bacteria really can change depending on the growth medium that you give them. Um, so, depending on the environment, they change their chemical composition, and so this has to be all very standardized. Huh? So, you see, we have a problem here with the species definition, and it's getting even worse. And I think that's going to be then the last point that I'm going to talk about. Is this, even if we've sorted out all of those issues, in order for me to characterize a, a microorganism, I have to grow it in pure culture. So this means, let's say that I wanted to extract some microorganisms from soil. I have to um, cultivate them and culture them all separate so that I need a bottle or a test tube or a, a flask, we grow them in flasks, or a Petri dish uh, with um, yeah only one type of bacterium there because I need to analyze the chemical composition or the DNA. And most bacteria or most microorganisms generally do not like to be cultured in the laboratory. They just don't grow there. Why is that? Well, because we're not able to recreate the ideal conditions. I mean, we're giving them uh, yeah, yeast extract as a food source, but who says that they want to eat that? I mean, it's a soil bacterium. And uh, it's like an entirely different, <laughs> entirely different, uh, uh, yeah, food source uh, that I'm providing them, and they might simply not not need that, and they're not going to grow. But they need to be able to grow them in order to characterize them. So that could be one problem. Another thing is 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 that uh, maybe there are certain complex symbiotic relationships. So maybe um, certain bacteria or microorganisms in the soil 
or in water or wherever they, they need maybe others as well um, that they depend on for certain nutrients so uh, yeah but so they're, they're they're only growing it because of there's this interdependence yeah but in, in in the laboratory i have to grow them separately in pure culture so this is a really issue a real issue here the culturing problem and uh, what scientists have done now is they went out and they directly tried to extract the dna from let's say soil or from a water sample and they looked for bacterial dna or maybe also dna from other microorganisms like protozoans and they discovered that the amount of dna is really high it's a lot okay so they found a lot of microbial dna there but only a very small fraction of those microorganisms could also be cultured and this actually shows that uh, the biodiversity is much higher out there than actually what we are aware of you basically try directly try to analyze the dna to determine the biodiversity you know without the need of culturing them but then, of course, we can also not uh, provide a sample for the culture collection because I need to be able to grow them. So you see, this is a, a, a these are real issues here, and uh, for this reason, it's kind of difficult uh, to estimate the total number. Um, the interesting thing is the following: that there are now also assumptions, and it's a pretty plausible one, I would say, that for every living animal out there, yeah, you know, or species of animal rather, there must be most likely. Um, also one bacterial species growing only on that animal because even living things are so different so it's quite uh, quite likely that uh, there are certain bacteria that only grow on humans for example and certain bacteria that only grow on certain dogs or, or cats or i don't know yeah? um, it's quite uh, quite likely and, and considering the fact that uh, we humans have more bacterial cells about 10 to 15 times as many bacterial cells growing on our body and in our body like in the digestive system then we have body cells well then it shouldn't be surprising that at least uh, some of them might be even unique uh, species of microorganisms for humans and uh, considering that there are already millions of animal species out there it shouldn't be surprising if there are also maybe millions of, of more bacteria out there that uh, we simply don't know of okay yeah so i think i'm I'm, I'm just gonna almost uh, uh, leave it at that uh, i think uh, the biodiversity and biodiversity analysis is a very fascinating topic uh, but uh, as i've hopefully made clear here not entirely free of difficulties because of so much uncertainty here yeah what is a microorganism even okay i think this is the easy one um, how do we define a bacterial species or species of a microorganism of protozoan the whole problem of the culturing problem the problem um, under the microscope that similar um, cells might actually be not related at all the next problem that um, different cells uh, that look different under the microscope might actually be quite related yeah so hmm. A lot of uncertainty here and lots of things to be still discovered. And that's why I like the sciences so much. There are still so many things that can be found out. Well, I think I'm going to leave it at that now. Um, yeah, I hope it was uh, moderately interesting again to you. Um, I wish you all the best. Happy microbe hunting as always. And of course, see you around next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>